Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Welcome. Uh, if we haven't met before, uh, my name's Andy. I'm the senior pastor here at Lagan Valley Vineyard. Uh, if this is your first time with us uh, or your first time back, uh, with us, we're uh, really grateful that you've decided to be here instead of walking in a beautiful park somewhere. Do you know what's funny? Like, all of us love to moan about Northern Ireland from time to time, right? It's like part of what it means to belong here, you know, roll your eyes at politics and whatever. But, like, I was driving over this morning thinking, and, you know, I've, I used to live in Southern California, and um, there is nowhere like this in the world. And we don't say that enough, I think. Like, this is just one of the most incredible places. Somebody came up to the house this week to see me, and they were like, uh, phone signal is amazing up here. And I was like, well, yeah, like, there's a big mountain there with all the mass on it, you know. But, like, they weren't from here, but they just kind of, I guess, thought, like, I guess rural Northern Ireland means no phone signal and no internet and no whatever. People used to ask me, actually, in L.A., they were like, uh, like did you have a TV growing up or anything like that, you know? <laughs> So say, your English is amazing, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, if you're not from Northern Ireland, we'd love you to stay. Um, anyway, um, just a couple of things um, before we jump into teaching this morning. Um, I'm going to spend a bit of time um, just chatting uh, through uh, some of what we've been reflecting on as a staff team over the last kind of month or so. I know lots of you have been praying for us as we've kind of just been discerning what, what does the next kind of season of church and life and all that sort of stuff uh, look like. Um, I mean, we love that you're here, but this is not the church of our dreams in terms of how this looks and operates. Um, I've never been so fascinated with eyebrows in my whole life, you know. Um, and um, there's something about this room, and it's full that feels like home, and all those sorts of things. So, so we ha- like we have been kind of just thinking and praying through what do we expect the next kind of few months to look like and beyond into the rest of the year. So I'm going to talk a bit about that uh, as we kind of weave in and out of Psalm 23 this morning. Um, Lou has said we have a couple of jobs uh, that we are going to be advertising this week, so there'll be a couple of new uh, team members joining the team over the next little while, so uh, pray for, for them, pray for us as we go through kind of that process. Um, I also want to let you know that um, I will be taking a sabbatical towards the end of the year, so um, for any of you that know me well will know that I've been talking about this for like three years maybe, and then like building a house got in the way, and then like this like, thing called COVID-19, I don't know if you heard about that, that got in the way. Um, and so this autumn, I will be taking uh, three months off. We'll be celebrating Lagan Valley Vineyard's ninth birthday, and um, we're, we're excited about that. But uh, truthfully, nine years of this uh, has me a bit tired. And um, so I'm going to take a few months off towards the end of the year, and uh, we'll be talking more about that uh, as we get closer to that. But I just want to highlight that. So it, it maybe shouldn't come as much surprise to you with uh, Lou going off on maternity leave and uh, some new staff members and my sabbatical that I'm not going to be announcing this morning some like brand new uh, strategic plan that we're going to be rolling out over the next six months. Um, But anyway, we'll get more into that in a second. I want to begin reading uh, the psalm that we've been just camped out in for the last six weeks. It feels so appropriate for uh, this moment. 
uh, that we're in as a culture uh, and our lives. Um, if you have a Bible, why don't you turn to Psalm 23? But let me, let me read it for us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks, that you constantly move toward us. And so we humbly say in this moment, come and do what you do, speak to us. We need your voice in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, like I said, it will come as no shock or surprise to you that we do not feel like this is a big reveal moment. Um, and uh, whilst we've all enjoyed uh, some new freedoms over the last week, uh, it's been brilliant to have some people in our home. I'm sure you've enjoyed catching up with some people maybe uh, in a restaurant or over a coffee or a pint or something like that. Um, but the reality is there are loads of questions that remain unanswered for all of us as we move uh, further towards um, the summer. And so as we kind of think about what does the next few weeks and months uh, and even towards the rest of the year look like, um, the first thing I want to say is that we do not feel like this is the time to change a whole load of things. And um, what's funny is like if you'd asked me in February what I thought I'd be talking about now, there was like maybe a list of three or four things that I was quite excited about, like we're going to add or change or do differently that we haven't been doing for a while. And then the closer we got to this moment and the more I talked with the wonderfully wise Stuart Bothwell, the more we realized this is not that time. And uh, so we don't really feel like uh, this is the moment for us to just rush to adding a pile of stuff or changing loads of things. I know that whilst being cautiously excited about restrictions easing, if you listen to your life, and I, I touched on this last week, like really listen to your life, I think most of us recognize whilst there has been incredible blessing for some of us over the last year as things have slowed down, as we've got more time with our families and all that kind of stuff, there has equally been an incredible amount of bruising over the last year. Even in our own sense of certainty and what does the world look like and what are we supposed to do, not being able to be with family when they're grieving, not be able to celebrate milestone moments the way that we normally do, all of the questions about work and career and future, um, students that have lost so much of maybe the first year of uni or what does a, a, a kind of final year of school look like and all those sorts of things. There are things in our lives that we carry that have hurt us over the last year. And I know for many people that I'm talking to, we feel a bit lost, a bit hurt, or even perhaps a bit broken Many of us, the word to kind of summarize how we're really feeling is just disconnected. 
I just feel a bit disconnected. I feel disconnected from my family. I feel disconnected from God. I feel disconnected from church. I maybe even feel weirdly disconnected from myself. I haven't been able to do the things that make me feel me over the last year, and I just feel a bit kind of upside down. And our focus over the next number of months will really be about recovery and reconnection. The kind of late 20s me would have been a bit like, really? Doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> Come on, give me, give me something better than that. Um, the mid-30s me uh, goes, this is exactly what I think we need. To walk slowly back towards each other and towards God. I want to wrap what I'm talking about today specifically around the first half of verse 6. Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks. That there's so much in this beautiful psalm that in first passing feels like a contradiction to what we're living through. Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. Like this is another moment where you get to look at your life and go, how do I reconcile that? Like, can you look at the last 12 months and say, this has been 12 months of surely God's goodness and love has been following me. I mean, first pass for me, that's not quite how I feel. Whenever I was growing up, if I really wanted to get on my sister's nerves, I would follow her around the house and say nothing. <laughs> like I just used to follow her around. And then eventually she'd get really frustrated and she'd go into her room. And I used to do this thing where I would just stand literally just on the threshold of her bedroom. Like not even like toes touching the little kind of bar that was the change of the carpets or the flooring, whatever. Just stand right there. And so she would like in her frustrated self say, get out of my room. And I would very calmly say, not in your room. <laughs> and then she would slam the door. The idea of being followed by someone is really creepy, isn't it? Like, have you ever been followed by somebody? I hope not, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of it's weird. My, my grandparents lived in this, like, just ridiculously beautiful, spooky, old house. And, like, all the walls were, like, paneled in oak paneling. And, like, when the house kind of warmed up during the day, all the kind of wood would creak and make noises. And then at nighttime, when you were trying to go to sleep and the house was cooling down, the same thing happened. And if you needed to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, it was like running the gauntlet. <laughs> like I used to remember coming out of the room and running to the bathroom, convinced that some weird ghostly thing was following me. Verse 6 of this psalm says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. What does a life look like that's followed by the goodness and the love of God? Well, the truthful answer is it looks like your life. Because the truth is that God is pursuing you whether you're aware of it or not. That is who he is. The story of the scriptures, the story of God is one relentless pursuit of humanity by God who 
loves us. The question for us is much more how perceptive or receptive are you to that pursuit? The question isn't, is God following me? The question is, are you aware of that? I wonder if you ever played chases with a toddler. Like it's the best game ever if you can stand the monotony of it. Where they like run off. But the goal, the goal for the toddler isn't to actually escape. The goal is to get caught and swept up by arms that are so much bigger than yours. That's the point. And then to repeat it over and over and over. I said, love doing that with my kids. Chase me, Dad. And the point of the chase was to get caught. It's a beautiful picture, I think, of how we are supposed to relate to God, not to run away and actually hide, but to allow ourselves to be caught and to be swept up by something that is so much bigger than us. What would that look like? Do you know what's funny? Living in this wonderful wee place, the idea of being caught by God for many of you is a terrifying thought. It's like, I don't, I don't want to get caught by God. In fact, most of my life has been structured around avoiding that and then seeing haunting reminders nailed to trees and lampposts as we're driving around the countryside. I'm watching you. You see, for David who wrote this psalm, the goodness of God and the love of God were inseparable. Being caught by God meant being overwhelmed by his goodness and by his love. Our folk memory tells us that God is angry, waiting to catch us out. Like some angry headmaster with a list of all the things that you haven't quite lived up to or done correctly. The reality is, you see, we're all chased by all kinds of things. Chased by our past, chased by our fear of what others might think, chased by our fear or our stress or our worry, chased by our debt or our addiction. But what if, what if we realize that we were chased by love, chased by goodness. Sin is real, judgment is real, but above those things and around those things and below those things is a God who loves us. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus like the, the whole kind of gospel is wrapped up as an act of love. And somehow, in this beautiful wee place, we get that twisted to thinking the, the whole point of Jesus was so that we could be judged. The point of Jesus is that we would know that we're loved, that you were so worth it for God that he would send himself to come and say, let me show you how much I love you. Let me show you what it means for me 
to be good, to do the things for you that you can never do for yourself. He loved us, loves us, so he sent Jesus. I know for many of us, the last year has been such a de-anchoring experience, and we've been chatting a lot about that as a staff team, that something in the last 12 or 14 months, it just feels like we've lost our anchors, disconnected from each other, disconnected from church, disconnected from God, maybe even disconnected from ourselves. And as we move into the rest of the year, one of the things that we feel most deeply that we need to do together is to re-anchor, to figure out what it means to re-anchor ourselves to the love of God, to re-anchor ourselves to the people of God, and to re-anchor ourselves to the mission of God. We've been talking a lot about vision, and we've been praying about that and all that sort of stuff, and I think sometimes, uh, and I have been guilty of this many times in the past, church leaders can make that way too complicated and look for all kinds of sexy language or new ideas. Listen, the vision is what it always was, the love of God. That we would be loved and that we would love and that we would demonstrate that love to the world around us. It is as simple as that, but that requires us to be anchored to that love love. Three super practical things for us. First one, let God catch you. Just let him catch you. Believe that that is not a scary idea or thought. That God who loves you, pursues you, and wants to wrap you in something so much bigger than you. What would that look like for you? That's a great question. Spend some time with that this week. What would it look like for you to let God catch you? Do not worry about what that would mean. To not do the like, well, how would that affect this? Or what if that happened? Or, oh, I don't even know. Just suspend all that. Just let him Catch you. Stop running. Welcome him in. Sit with him and bring him what breaks you. Secondly, we need to re-anchor to the people of God. And that's what some of this is about. Being in the family of faith really matters. Things happen when we worship and open the scriptures together that just don't happen elsewhere. I have to tell you this because in my experience, it is totally true that friends of mine who once walked with Jesus, who no longer walk with Jesus, usually the beginning of that journey is disconnecting from church. And we think, wow, what's it really for? And is it really that important? And I'm very aware (laughs) you're here. (laughs) But it's so, so, so important that we re-anchor ourselves to the family of faith, embodied physical worship with other people who are trying to follow Jesus or figure out what that means is such an important part of how we 
do this thing called life in faith. As we move into the summer, we're going to have some outdoor prayer and worship gatherings. Hopefully, the sun will shine like it is today, as well as what we're doing here. And finally, to re-anchor ourselves to the mission of God. God is at work pursuing people in every corner of culture and sphere of societies. And in many ways, this is the one part of church life that hasn't really skipped a beat since March 2020. And I absolutely love that we are part of a community whose reputation is what ours is, that we are a people of hope and a people of life, that when our city goes, we have a problem and we're not sure what to do, they phone us. And that is because of you, because of how you show up in crisis, because of how you love your neighbors. I've been watching a brilliant story unfold uh, on Instagram. Uh, Kelly Graham, many, many of you know Roy and Kelly. They're a dear part of our church family. But Kelly has spent the last month or so making window boxes for people in her community and in her street and where she lives. Really, really simple, beautiful little window boxes demonstrating life and hope, and then taking donations from people that want to give towards them. If they don't, she's just giving them away for free, but if people want to give her something for them, she's then using that money to help fund Common, which is a mental health community interest company started by Ruth Major, part of our community as well. Here, Kelly, just in the evenings and the weekends and the quiet moments of her life, planting flowers, giving away window boxes, and raising money to help people who are in mental health problems or challenges at the moment. It's such a simple, proactive demonstration of what hope and life in these days looks like. Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear lots more from Yvette about what Love Lagon Valley is going to look like this summer. If you're new to this community, every year, usually in July, we have a big kind of moment of serving our wider city, uh, showing up for charity partners and statutory agencies and just saying, how can we bless you? How can we help you? It's going to look different this year. No surprise there. But Yvette is going to bring some detail to that over the next few weeks. For us... This summer and the rest really of this year looks like us trying to answer these questions. How do we re-anchor ourselves to the love of God? How do we re-anchor ourselves to the people of God? And how do we re-anchor ourselves to the mission of Jesus? The love of God is chasing me. What's chasing you? James, why don't you and the guys come back up? I want us to take a moment together and uh, just allow us to help you get caught. Not caught out, just caught by someone who loves you, who has more than what you need for whatever it is that you're facing right now. And so if you're able, will you stand with me? Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. Um, one of the things we talk about a lot in this community is saying with our body what we're saying with our hearts. 
That's why we lift our hands when we worship. It's why we hold our hands out when we're receiving. It's sometimes why we put our hands over our hearts. And so why don't you close your eyes for a second? I just want to encourage you to just put your hands out in front of you. Just a, I'm ready to be caught. Here I am. Catch me, God. Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. Come and fall on us freshly. Father, thank you that you chase us, that you pursue us with love and with grace and with mercy. And right now in this moment, we choose to allow you to catch us. Come, sweep us up in all that you have. Catch us, oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name. Love us just to, um, just wherever you are in this room, at home, out for a run or in your car this week. Um, love you just in this moment to bring the things to your mind that you'd say right now are chasing you. Financial worries, things in your family, your health. be afraid, just, just bring the things that you feel right now are chasing you. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and replace these things with the love of God? Not in some hyped up denial of reality but in a deeper revelation of what our lives are built upon would you pour your love out on us now and Father I just pray for my brothers and sisters right now for breakthrough in these areas. Father, I pray for supernatural provision for those feeling they're being chased by debt right now. I pray for supernatural restoration for those who are being chased by relational breakdown. I pray for supernatural peace for those of us who feel like we're being chased by stress and anxiety. Come, Lord. Sweep us up in everything that is good and beautiful and true, we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.